Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Putting our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our old man river, lavish lakes and streams, pines full of the wildest life and possibility. I see one Mississippi, there's a magnolia tree. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. From the Foundation Studio right here on Biloxi's Back Bay. Welcome to Super Talk Outdoors where we celebrate every single Monday at lunchtime. The world-class outdoors of the state of Mississippi. I want to thank you for joining us on the powerful Super Talk Mississippi radio network or on Super Talk TV at Ceasefire TV. But if you're listening on Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast, it's Labor Day, Labor Day, September the 3rd, 2022. You know, Labor Day is about paying, you know, uh, a tribute to the contributions and achievements of workers all across America, especially here in Mississippi. And, you know, I'm really privileged that, you know, some of you are in your car now. Some of you are having to work today. Um, but you are, you're hardworking people working to make this a better state. Farmers and factory workers and nurses and policemen and mechanics and linemen and firemen and conservation officers and doctors so many, and so many others. I really want to thank you so much for what you do. And you know what? You're passionate about your work. Most people listening to this show love what they're doing. And, uh, and they know the importance of work. There's a there's a great quote by a guy by the name of Pearl Buck who said this: "To find a joy in work is to discover the fountain of youth." And uh, you know my my prayer to you is that you're finding the blessing. You've you found your fountain of youth. Um, I like this quote from Theodore Roosevelt because, as you well know, he's kind of the father of the modern day conservation movement. He believed in and uh, the efficient use of natural resources, which is something we talk about on this show all the time. And with the contributions he made, the, the national parks and national forests in this in this country are truly remarkable. But Theodore Roosevelt said this, It is only through labor and painful effort by grim energy and resolute courage that we can move on to better things. And the truth is, is so many people who are listening to this today, you're working hard, as I mentioned earlier, to build a better Mississippi. And then lastly, one other quote from Thomas Edison. He said this, there is no substitute for hard work. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm privileged that, that we are able to, to have this show go all across this state and speak to hardworking people across this state. And that's one of the reasons why the outdoor is so darn popular, because when people get off work, they want to go enjoy themselves, and we're blessed to live in the capital of the outdoors in America. So anyway, I hope you're enjoying your Labor Day today. Now let's shift gears and move on to my friend uh, Ricky Flint, who's the uh, um, he's a wildlife coordinator at the Wildlife Fisheries and Parks, and he's also uh, an alligator program coordinator. How you doing, Ricky? Doing great. How y'all doing? We're doing fantastic. You heard how I started the show, man. It's Labor Day. We're really uh, fortunate to have so many hardworking people across this state, and you you get to you get to bump into them on a daily basis. 
Um, and they're all working so hard to, to help build a better state. And, it's, it's, you know, Labor Day, we, should, we need to remember that. We need to pay them tribute, don't we? Absolutely. And as conservation officers, we get to uh, bump into a lot of them on the waterways during Labor Day. Uh, a lot of people like to go out on the water and uh, hang out and put up tents and socialize and do all those other things and boat and water ski and stuff like that. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm sure we had a lot of people that were still out alligator hunting uh, at the beginning of today. Yeah, because at noon today, alligator season's uh, finished, and we're going to talk about that here in just a second. But uh, just one other thing to mention, you mentioned about the waterways being busy and whatever. Uh, just remember... Put safety first. Don't mix drinking alcohol and operating a boat. So if you're on a boat and someone's drinking and operating the boat, find someone who's not drinking who can operate the boat for you. Always remember to keep keep life preservers on the kids and you know just just put safety first. I mean, you, it would be terrible to make a a mistake on the water that that's something you that you could have to live with the rest of your life. So you know this is the this is the day to have a good time, but also put safety first. Okay. So so the season ends at noon today. You're just, you know, you're just still in the collection mode of data, but the but the early returns are. This has been a pretty pretty robust alligator season, aren't they? Yeah, you know, uh, going into the opening weekend, the state had seen some tremendously uh, high rainfall. Uh, a lot of areas receiving double digits, ten inches or more of rain over a day or two, and uh, we. We know that most all of the waterways, basically in the southern two-thirds of the state, were uh, out of their banks or at flood stage. And it definitely had an impact on the alligator hunters, um, and we were urging them to be extremely safe not to take unnecessary risk. So far, we've had uh, no uh, reports of any accidents or anything like that. But at the same time, uh, my report numbers that are coming in are fairly consistent with uh, previous years. So I guess these hunters are being very diligent to get into the areas and uh, find where these alligators are at. And no, you're right. I mean, there's been, boy, I tell you, almost timed perfectly to the start of the season, just a mountain of rain. <laughs> a mountain. I mean, as you, as you uh, have said uh, before, the, 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 just about every body of water was either at its bank or over its bank. And you would have expected maybe that would have an impact. But, the, but as you pointed out, the, the, the alligator hunters sort of weathered through it, and they still were able to find success. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? It is. Um, you know, in the early years, uh, many of these people who were participating in the alligator hunts had very little to no experience uh, with this. But now we're in the 18th year, and there are a lot of hunting parties out there that have been uh, participating uh, year after year. And with that comes some experience, uh, some knowledge of the waterways and uh, where to go, how to go. Uh, and so it's just like any other uh, hunting recreation you you learn with experience and uh, you use that experience to help you with your success well look we're going to talk about this in the second half of the show but a very significant female alligator um, catch happened 
and and she was tagged. And uh, it's a it's a pretty significant event for for Mississippi as it relates to the alligator community. Again, we'll talk more about that in a second. But um, why don't we do this? Let's remind people who may not be aware of how the alligator season works. How do you get permits to to do it? And then once you do that, then let's we'll shift gears and talk a little bit more about the provisions for what actually catching how you have to catch an alligator. You just don't go out and shoot the thing. So let's start with the permitting process. Okay, so uh, we went to an electronic application process about four years ago, and um, the first week of June, we take applications online through our website. Um, it's a free application with the exception of a $2.35 uh, processing fee. And um, you go on there and you select which zone uh, you wish to get a permit in. There are seven hunting zones across the state. And uh, you, you can only apply in one of those zones. Um, after that, uh, we have a third-party entity that conducts the drawing for us. Uh, it's basically seven drawings because there are seven zones. And once drawn, uh, then the identities of those uh, ID numbers are revealed. And then uh, email is sent out to those winners. Uh, and then they have 48 hours to go to the link that's in the email and purchase their permit immediately. After 48 hours, any of those unpurchased permits uh, go into another drawing in those zones, and we repeat that process uh, a week later, uh, which usually results in us uh, selling all the permits. And it's and actually because we will uh, inflate the numbers for that second draw depending on the participation uh, we wind up overselling permits. Uh, the last few years has been like 985, 986. This year it was 980. So we oversold by 20 permits. Uh, then we mail the, a permit packet to them with all the information, an alligator hunting guide that's almost 60 pages long with all the information they could possibly need, links to our website. And also we urge them to go online to our website to watch a series of 11 videos that are the alligator hunting training course. And uh, that helps people get over that learning curve, especially if they've never been involved before. And then the season always opens up on the last Friday of August. Uh, as long as it doesn't uh, mix up with the opening weekend of dove season, that's happened a couple of times and we will never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it busy for you guys. I bet. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so, uh, nice look, look, we're coming right to the now, end of this yeah. segment. We're coming to the end of the segment. What we'll do on the other side is we'll uh, talk about the process to catch, what the requirements are as it relates to that. And then we'll talk about this really special story, Yellow 410. We're going to talk about the Yellow 410. We'll see you after this break with Ricky Flint, the Alligator Coordinator for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks.
Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi. A statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than 17,000 locations. Community outreach programs and quality jobs for nearly 400 Mississippians. Our commitment to building healthier communities in Mississippi has never been stronger. Learn more at magnoliahealthplan.com slash benefits. Your window tent headquarters at Auto Trim Designs on Highway 80 in Pearl is now also your best source for the lasting protection of Expel paint protection film. Your car is too precious to fail to protect it from bugs, rocks, and road debris. For more info, go to autotrimdesigns.com. Are you getting stressed out trying to buy or sell in today's real estate market? Hi, I'm Adam Moore with Four Corner Properties. At Four Corner Properties, we take pride in making your buying and selling experience simple and stress-free. With the foundation of our company being built on faith, family, and friendship, you can put your trust in our team at Four Corner Properties. So whether you're looking for a new home or looking for that new hunting track, give me a call on my sale at 662-528-2581 or at the office at 601-952-2828. Sit back, relax, and let me do the work for you. This Labor Day broadcast on Super Talk Mississippi is brought to you by Tico Steakhouse. Come dine with us. Tico Steakhouse, where the locals gather. East County Line Road in Richland, 601-956-1030. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like western red cedar and cypress lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. (laughs) Are you feeling it? (sighs) Green, the new degree of comfort. Rogers Dev Chevrolet is Mississippi's largest General Motors business elite dealer. We make it easy to maintain your fleet with over 100 work-ready vehicles available for your job site. Diesel, gas, trucks, vans, and service bodies. And we build to your business specifications. It really is easier with Rogers Dabs fleet. Call the Rogers Dabs business elite fleet team today at 866-671-4226 or visit us online at rogersdabs.com. Rogers Dabs Chevrolet. Find new roads. Scott O'Hear with a special invitation to join us weekday morning 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors, it's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend Ricky Flint. Who is a really dedicated, uh, you know, leader at the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks, and he's the alligator coordinator. When we went to break, we were talking about the permitting process and, uh, over 900 permits issued. And, uh, let's talk specifically for a second, Ricky, about the process of catching, how, how they have to do it to be legal. Okay. Um, you know, back, uh, in 2004 when we were, uh, proposing the first alligator season for 2005 
Uh, one of the main things I was charged with was to come up with the regulations to be enforceable and safe and uh, basically uh, kind of modeled our season after what the state of Georgia was doing. They had had their first alligator season in 2004. And, we know that we don't want to have the public out on our public waterways discharging firearms out across the water where other people are recreating and other homes uh, at free-floating swimming alligators. That's very dangerous, and it's also wasteful because uh, you would wind up with some uh, wounded or lethally shot alligators uh, that could not be retrieved. So our alligator season basically requires the hunter to capture the alligator first. And the most popular method is a rod and reel with a snatch hook. You basically cast the line over the alligator and snag the alligator and reel it in like a giant tuna. And once you get it to the uh, gunnel of the boat, uh, you're allowed to take a snare and snare the alligator about the head or at least one leg, which is what we define as legally restrained, that it's controlled and can't get away. And then at that time, the hunter is allowed to take a long-barreled, shoulder-fired shotgun out of a case, uh, load the firearm with basically bird shot, number six shot or smaller, and place the shotgun uh, at point-blank range of the spine just behind the head, discharge it, and quickly, safely euthanize the alligator. Um, and then they can bring the alligator on board, take the mouth, and uh, haul it out and tag it and all that kind of thing. Uh, so it's been very, very safe. Uh, I think I figured out the other day uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10,000 people uh, have participated in alligator hunting activities in the state of Mississippi since 2005. Uh, I can think of four incidences where uh, accidents occurred, uh, many of those that were probably avoidable. Uh, by sticking your hand in the mouth of an alligator, uh, which wasn't necessary. Uh, and, uh, but it's, it's been very safe when you consider how many people, uh, and the conditions that have been out there. I know over the years we've had at least three hunting seasons that were severely impacted by tropical storms or hurricanes or, or dodging those storms. I know we had the same situation last year. I think it was Hurricane Ida that came in on Sunday night, Monday, that impacted uh, particularly the Gulf Coast region because those waterways down there experienced some flooding conditions as well. Okay, so you got to tag it immediately, and uh, one of the real benefits of the program is that uh, when you take an alligator, you have to go back to the website and log it, and you're able to catch a tremendous amount of data doing that approach, aren't you? Yeah, so uh, for one of the first things we wanted to do is – you know, alligators are a federally protected species, though they're not still on the endangered species list. There is some federal uh, protection involved, and we have to have 100% reporting of every alligator that's harvested in the event that they show up uh, in the commercial trade uh, at any of our ports. So they have to be tagged with a federal export tag. So we require every hunter to report their harvest, and when they do so online, it's a very simple process. It takes about five minutes if they have harvested two alligators to enter that data. And um, then we will mail them that federal export CITES tag. And uh, that number stays with that alligator for its life, even if it goes into taxidermy or if you retain the head or things, that that number is documented with that alligator for its life uh, to show that it was legally harvested. And... Uh, that data we take and record information about, uh, you know, average alligators, uh, lengths and things like that. And it has been 
uh, very consistent over the years uh, that, you know, it's kind of a, the, the information that really leads me to believe that we're, we're being consistent, we're not over-harvesting the alligator population, is that those averages have been within an inch or two every year uh, despite the number of alligators harvested. So uh, there's still ample number of alligators out there uh, to keep those harvest numbers almost identical every year. That is so. That's a program that's working. That's what that tells you. It's a program that's working and working well. Uh, in the short time we have left, let's tell the story of Yellow Four Ten. You've had a lot of success with your tagging program, but this was a this was a notable uh, you know, take here that you had a personal connection to. So let's t- let's tell that story. Yeah. So in two thousand seven, uh, I started a tagging program where we went out and we would catch these alligators in the areas where we were hunting at the time, the Pearl River and the Pascagoula River tag the alligators, uh, collect information on them, the GPS locations where they were caught, and we would release them back in the same location they were caught. Now, some of them are alligators that have been captured in, like, around people's houses and their yards, uh, businesses, the highways, and we would catch them, tag them, and relocate them. And so between those and these others, we are collecting some very unique mark recapture information about how these alligators move and how much they grow. Uh, one of the alligators that I caught in June of 2009 was the current, it, it tied the current world record for the length of a female alligator at 10 feet, 2 inches long. It's been 13 years since we've heard from that alligator. We call her Yellow 410 because that's the tag that was put in her tail. Um, Sunday night uh, of the opening weekend, I got a phone call from a group that reported that it had caught Yellow 410 and that uh, they had measured her, and they thought she was 10 foot 3, but uh, I went and met them, and we did an official measurement, and lo and behold, she was still exactly 10 feet 2 inches. Now, since 2009, in fact, last year, Florida recorded a female alligator that was 10 feet 6 and 3 quarters of an inch, so that is the current world record, but this is definitely a world-class record. Uh, We're going to hopefully... Uh, get the femur bones from this alligator. I've already acquired them, and we're going to get them to a lab in Florida to see if we can use the aging technique that is used uh, to hopefully get a minimum age uh, for how this female alligator is. And honestly, uh, I have suspicion that it very well could be 75 to 100 years old. Um, Hopefully we'll get some information back and we'll be able to report that later on. That is so interesting. When people think of alligators, of course, in Mississippi, you're talking about 13, 14-foot alligators, you know, 800-plus pounds. Right. Those are always males in that in that category, right? Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of misinformation out there. People think that uh, the big uh, alligators are the females, the big sows, they call them, but uh, the females typically – uh, reach sexual maturity between five and six feet of length, and uh, it takes quite a bit of time to go from six feet to eight or nine feet for a female. Uh, we don't see many female alligators in excess of nine feet, but males in excess of 12, 13, a few records of 14-footers are, are fairly common. Unbelievable. So, uh, so what's the current, just while we're on the subject, what's the current uh, state record for an alligator? 
Our current record, we have two two alligators that exceed just a little over 14 feet. We have one that's 14 feet and a half inch and one that's 14 feet and three quarters of an inch. And that one was taken off of a private land tag off of the Mississippi River. Uh, um, oh, what? Uh, now, Davis Island. It came off yeah, of Davis yeah. Island just south of Vicksburg. And that one uh, has the current weight record as well at 823 pounds. They make some big alligators along Very the Mississippi big. River, don't they? Um, yeah, I think uh, the belly girth was somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 inches, uh, tail girth right around 45 inches. So it's, now, Yeah, what's it's, interesting, because you and I have discussed this before, but what's interesting, you think about, you know, I'm about a 36 waist, and I'm looking at my waist, and I'm like, 45 inches, and that's the tail girth? Yeah. <laughs> that is a big alligator. Yeah. Some of these heads on these, you know, 12-foot-plus alligators weigh over 100 pounds, just the head alone. Woo, buddy, that's incredible. So you, you'll, uh, I think we're, you're almost probably getting close to a minute left. Just real quick, you're going to, what you, you're going to compile all this data, and, and about, about when do you have it all put together? I usually try to have everything together by November. Um, we give everybody ample time to get that data in, and we get all. And it takes us a little bit of time to get those tags mailed out. Uh, try to take a little break. I know I'm. I'm hoping uh, to make a trip myself to Wyoming in late September. So, uh, much needed break. Uh, get back and get all this data acquired, and I'll put together a, an alligator season report that'll go out. Well, when you get that together, we'll have you back on and we'll talk about it in Wyoming, you know, Montana, Wyoming, some of the most beautiful parts of the country. And I love it out there. Well, September is a great, great time to be out in that part of the country. Anyway, Ricky Flint, uh, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you, my friend. Congratulations on another great season. Thank you. You bet. Hey, we're going to talk ducks when we come back on the other side. We'll see you after this break. Whistling that sweet soul Mississippi to this land called home. I breathe Mississippi till I'm dead and gone. Just carry on. I'll carry on. Mississippi. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Your Labor Day, a 70% chance of rain, cloudy skies, high near 86. Tonight, a 30% chance of rain, low around 72. Tuesday, much of the same, a 60% chance of rain, mostly cloudy, high near 86. And for your Wednesday, showers and thunderstorms likely, mostly cloudy, high near 85. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton since 1871. Come to our Deer Hunter Appreciation Sale September 8th through the 10th for all the great deals. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. It's time to fuel up during the Ag Up Equipment 75-year celebration. Save up to $3,250 on a new John Deere 5E tractor. Plus, you'll receive a $75 fuel card. Listen up, that isn't all. How about 0% financing for 72 months? Come celebrate with us at any of our 16 locations or visit us at agup.com. Offer ends 1031-2022. Fuel cards available while supplies last. Some exclusions apply. See dealer for details. I would buy her the moon if I could, but I've got to stick to my budget. John and Corey, how can I afford 
the diamond she really wants. You know, I think you'll be genuinely surprised by how much diamond you can afford at Juniker Jewelry Company. Because here you will find 10 times the diamonds and engagement rings of average jewelry stores. And the true diamond experts to help you put it all together. The diamond engagement ring of her dreams is right here, right now at Juniker Jewelry Company. And with multiple financing options and good credit, it can be remarkably affordable. We even have diamond engagement rings complete with your choice of center diamonds, starting at under $2,000. So... What are you waiting for? Go ahead. Give her the moon. We make it easy at Juniker Jewelry Company, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. Juniker Jewelry Company, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. From anywhere in Mississippi, we're at 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and online at junikerjewelry.com. Juniker Jewelry, because love can't wait. Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi. A statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than 17,000 locations, community outreach programs, and quality jobs for nearly 400 Mississippians. Our commitment to building healthier communities in Mississippi has never been stronger. Learn more at magnoliahealthplan.com slash benefits. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. I'm Caleb Sailors, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. While Jackson's tap water may not be drinkable, Governor Tate Reeves says that the state is working to keep water pressure high enough for Jackson residents to use it for other purposes. Gernal Scott has the details. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves says it's not certain when water treatment plants will be operating well enough to end a boil water advisory. For the time being, making sure there is sufficient water for the capital city of Jackson is priority one. We've tried to prepare and plan for 180,000 individuals. Uh, We have uh, adequate uh, bottled water supply to to deal with that. Um, And we have 18-wheeler trucks coming in every single day. Heavy rains last week caused a local river to crest. The overflow led to the fragile water systems near collapse for the third time in 12 years. If you're looking for strong, reliable construction equipment for sailor rent in Mississippi, then contact Taylor Construction Equipment. As your number one source for bell-articulated dump trucks and track carriers, as well as Hyundai hydraulic excavators, mini excavators, and wheel loaders, you can depend on Taylor to provide you with the best construction equipment backed by the best 24-7 sudden service experience. Call us at 833-773-3421 or taylorconstructionequipment.com. What is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation's Child Saver Program. Well, sadly, car accidents are the leading cause of death for children under five. Mississippi law requires children under the age of four to be protected by child passenger restraint devices and children under the age of seven in a booster seat. With the Child Saver Program, Farm Bureau provides members the chance to order car and booster seats at a discount. Because when Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. 
You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? Targeted digital advertising from Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. This is Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors from the Foundation Studio. You heard that quote that I read at the beginning of the show. To find joy in work is to discover the fountain of youth. And that was Pearl Buck that said that. To find joy in work is to discover the fountain of youth. And my wish for listeners and workers who, from all across state, the state of Mississippi, I hope you're able to find your fountain of youth. You know, there is a, there's an interesting and I think really inspiring quality of the people that I talked to from the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks. It seems that most of them have found their, their fountain of youth because they love what they're doing. They're very passionate about what they're doing. I uh, enjoyed that conversation with Ricky Flynn. And my next guest is, um, really fits that description. He's the waterfowl program coordinator for the department. Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, and a good friend of this show, Houston Havens. How you doing, Houston? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me. Could you relate to that? You know the, that quote: uh, "To find joy in work is to discover the fountain of youth." Does that Absolutely. kind of describe you? That, that's a good way to put it. Uh, I tell people a lot that you know every job has a list of things that you've got to do. But um, when I look at my to-do list, a lot of times there's a lot of things that I get to do, and uh, there, there's a big difference in those things. And so enjoying what you do is a is a big part of you know enjoyment of of your job overall. Yeah, I've been looking forward to visiting with you. We had um, Alex Littlejohn from the from Ducks Unlimited and excuse me, Alex Littlejohn from the Nature Conservancy and Ed Penny from Ducks Unlimited on the show about three weeks ago, best I can remember. And we talked about, um, you know, it's hard to make predictions about how the year is going to be, but um, there were some favorable things said about maybe it could more, be more like an average season and not the down season. We had the last couple of years. Be interested to get your thought on that. We also talked about the agriculture mix and planted in places that maybe the farmers didn't plant in before because the the high price of of crops today because of the very unique situation that has been brought upon us not just because of the inflationary pressures but of course the war in Russia and how that's had an impact on on farmers um so I've been looking forward to kind of visiting with you so what do you guys do this time of year this time of year, uh, we're really active with public and private land management. Uh, of course, we have state wildlife management areas. We have uh, good staff on those areas that are working hard and, uh, you know, hopefully getting some good conditions to work in. You know, that, that always plays a part in what can get done on an area. And so uh, we you know, have good laid out plans a lot of times in the late spring, early summer, and then have to have to be able to, to strike when the iron is hot, so to speak, uh, as far as, you know, wet conditions and getting things done in. Because we're working in season seasonal weather. We're working at the lowest of the low places on these areas, and so that can be a bit of a challenge. Um, And then also, we're doing a lot of uh, summer banding, kind of getting toward the tail end of that with uh, our resident dove and wood duck population, but uh, we'll continue to do some wood duck banding on through uh, the month of September. Yeah, it'd be interesting because one of the things that we've talked about on the show is that at the beginning, during the planting season and the first part 
of, uh, of the crops uh, as the crops are growing. There was a period of time, a good long period of time, actually, at the very beginning when we didn't have much water. And um, so the, so the, you know, the navigation was, was a lot of diesel fuel was being burned and natural gas and, you know, the story. But then rain started to come and it was, uh, it was, I would say it was tactically coming when most farmers needed it. In some cases toward, toward the last week or two, we had too much rain. And of course that's affected their ability to, to harvest the crops and some of the crops like soybeans, for example, it doesn't take long when soybeans are ready to go, they get, they sit wet too long they start to sprout and rot and all the challenges that come with that but i'm thinking about as it relates to your work in the early season you're actually in there doing a lot of work that you don't really need a lot of rain and then as you get further along you sort of want to get rain because we had we had such a lack of rain last year holes are drying up all over the state uh from the from your perspective how it's been about right for you hasn't it it has you know uh July and August, um, you know, in a lot of places, Mississippi have been uh, pretty wet compared to normal years uh, for normal for those months. Um, and so, yeah, areas where either planted crops that uh, sometimes might need some irrigation to, to continue keeping them along, uh, they, they've benefited from those rains. Also, more soil habitat, just natural grasses and sedges that we do, uh, that make up a lot of the habitat management that we do in wildlife management areas and on private lands uh, across the state. Those have really benefited from those summer rains as well but we're also getting into a time period before we want things to be flooded up during the fall uh you know before birds start to migrate into mississippi where we do still need to take advantage of some dry conditions you know whether that's replacing water control structures or just doing infrastructure work on some areas uh we we kind of depend on september and october and a lot of uh, a lot of years to do a lot of that kind of work before we're ready to, to put that water on those areas so it would uh, it'd be nice if we didn't have another week like last week uh, too many more times there here in the late summer early fall well in our place one of the farms we have is in shula and um without getting into the geography of it all there's one little area where we go from one food plot to the next and we go through some woods and my buddy mark creatures up there at literally as we speak doing some bush hogging and we didn't think because of the amount of rain that has been been coming um we didn't think he would actually be able to do that shortcut and he actually was able to which told me man there must have been a pretty serious deficit for a while i mean the ground must be saturated in certain areas we've had too much of course in other areas we probably had probably just right but there'd been such a deficit ground just soaking it up is that kind of what you're seeing too it is, yeah, and it varies by area. You know, it always surprises me. Um, you know, you'll, you kind of kind of get in your own little local world about what's going on, and then you talk to people in other parts of the state that, you know, weren't getting those big rains or either they were getting more than you were, and so it's it's still pretty variable. But, yeah, I would say overall, um, you know, July and August were, were fairly wet across the board. Yeah. So you, remember, you heard what I said about the change in the mix of some of the – like you've got – Soybeans where maybe you would have had cotton, cotton before, and and so on. There's just lot. There's a different mix this year than we would normally see. Does that impact you guys? I mean, does that somehow factor into your your at least your in your own mind your forecast for what the season is going to be? Not necessarily the forecast for what the season might do, but it, it definitely can impact, you know, seasonal land changes from year to year, um, can impact distributions of birds, um, and, and really the overall holding capacity, the carrying capacity uh, food-wise. You know, um, you talked about uh, 
agricultural changes, um, efficiency with harvesting, um, planting times and harvest times have gotten earlier over the years, and so that that definitely impacts things. Um, we uh, we don't have as much grain that's being harvested right before duck season, you know, and being left available out there in the field uh, as we did, you know, decades ago. Um, those crops are, are, you know, being um, engineered to be able to to be planted earlier, harvested earlier, and then that waste grain that's out there is a little bit less abundant. It's sitting there longer before duck season. So all that kind of plays into food availability. I mentioned this pretty regularly when we when we are talking about farmers and what they do, but the farmers that we work with up in uh, the Greenwood, Shula, and Minner City area are um, Trent, uh, excuse me, excuse me, uh, the, the Clint, Clint Dunn and Travis Dunn. And uh, they've been terrific to work with. And, I, I you know, we, we're really, really, really lucky to have great farmers in this state that work with us to uh, to do everything we can to improve the habitat and make it the best it can be. We'd be toast without farmers working with us, wouldn't we? Absolutely. You know, we work with a lot of uh, either private landowners who actually own the land, but they're not necessarily the farmer who's, who's you know, doing the day-to-day operations or leaseholders, you know, that are they're leasing from a, a farmer who owns the land. And um, that's a big part of it is just them having a good relationship with the farmer, you know, whichever role that farmer has on, on the property ownership there, um, just to be able to, to work with them because, you know, they're they have the equipment, they have the know-how to be able to, to do a lot of the uh, a lot of the things that need to be done there after the harvest uh, period on that property, and then you know as water is put on the area. You you got, you got to be excited about the outdoor stewardship trust fund. The fact that we got that passed, and there's going to be a lot of competition for the initial ten uh, million, but of course we're going to have significant federal funding match opportunities. In subsequent years, it could go to twenty, thirty, forty million. Imagine what the match match could be on on that level. Of, uh, of money, but you think about the, the habitat improvement that we'll be able to do across the state that hopefully will be in perpetuity in a way that's really going to serve future generations. So for someone that sits in your seat, that's that's a big deal, isn't it? It is. You know, uh, wetland work in particular is pretty expensive. Um, you know, it's not, uh, it's not always, you know, um, across the board need every year, but when things break down or need repair it can be a, a pretty big uh, item you know as far as trying to budget ahead of time for those things and so having uh, more conservation funding in general pots of money that you can apply for projects and have those ranked out uh, by their priority is definitely a good thing for a state agency like ours that's 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 really cool so uh are you amazed at how time is flying? <laughs> See, Absolutely. This, this yeah, year has just flown by so so rapidly. We're coming to the end of this break. When we get back on the other side with Houston Havens, the water uh, waterfowl program coordinator, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about you know his team. I'd be interested to hear about what what it takes to do what he does, and then get some insights on what he thinks the season's going to be, which is always a little risky to say, but be still interesting to hear what he has to say about it. We'll see you after this break.
Hello, Mississippi. This is Dr. Gary Jones, CEO of Vantage Health Plan. Back in 1994, I started Vantage with a group of local doctors who believe that patient health, your health, is our top priority. That's why Vantage makes it easy for you to get the care you need with quality, affordable health insurance that puts you first. I know it's not what you usually expect from a health plan, but now you can. Visit VantageHealthPlan.com for more information. Vantage Health Plan, the freedom to live a healthy life. Be sure to tune in every Saturday morning from 10 until noon for The Handyman Show. Brought to you locally in part by Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions. Protecting your home from structural damage, cracks, humidity, mold, and more. That's Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions of Mississippi. Protect your home and office with Havard Pest Control, a family-owned and operated business for 75 years. Havard provides termite and pest services with free quotes, low monthly payments, free recalls, and unmatched customer service. For more information, visit HavardPest.com. Carter Sledge Family Dentistry is just that, a family. This is a whole new me, <laughs> almost. You know. And, of course, I just started bawling, and then I looked around, and they had tears. <laughs> and then the whole it seemed like the whole office came in and, and looked. But it was just a feeling like I have never felt before. Carter Sledge Family Dentistry, 772 Lake Harbor Drive in Richland, 601-607-7876. Thirty-seven years. That's a long time, and that's how long Shapley's Restaurant has been bringing you the finest in steaks, seafood, and, of course, our homemade hot tamales. This is Mark Shapley, and we are proud that we are celebrating our 37th year in business. Shapley's has been a staple in the greater Jackson market and had the pleasure of serving guests from around the country. This couldn't have happened without you, and we are so grateful for your continued support. Shapley's Restaurant, 37 years and counting. Come see us soon. 601-957-8000. This is Brent Calloway. Since 1954, Calloway's has been family-owned and operated. Located in Gludstadt, south of Germantown High, Calloway's has a large selection of all your favorite trees and shrubs, all on sale now. Calloway's has large rolls of pine straw, and we're offering quantity pricing. Calloway's outdoor patio furniture is in stock and ready for delivery, all 25 to 50% off. And for a limited time, free delivery in the metro area. Our farmer's market is full of fresh fruits, vegetables, local honey, jellies, jams, and the best tomatoes in town. Callaway's has farm-fresh produce seven days a week. Did you know Callaway's has beautiful decorative accessories and gift items for your indoor and outdoor living spaces? Callaway's has bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Callaway's landscape designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape. Callaway's, Gludstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Callaway's is... TV is celebrating 40 years, and Grammy Museum Mississippi invites you to explore the history of this iconic exhibit. Take a trip back to the beginning with artifacts and interviews with four remaining MTV VJs. Enjoy memorabilia from Michael Jackson to Bon Jovi with historical moments in MTV programming along with interactives and more. To learn more about the MTV Turns 40, I Still Want My MTV Exhibit, and other monthly programs and events, visit GrammyMuseumMS.org. Here in Seaspire Country, the best network anywhere is all around you. It's up on our towers, where blazing fast 5G is turning your smartphone into a superphone. It's under your feet, where we lay gigabit fiber to make the internet faster than you've ever seen. It's powering your phones, feeds, tablets, TVs, and businesses. So now the best technology anywhere is right here. Welcome to Seaspire Country. It's just like the rest of the country, only a few steps ahead. 
Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. We live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the outdoors. So let's talk about it. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. It's cut through walls and fall football. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. We're talking ducks uh, with our friend Houston Havens, who's the waterfowl program coordinator for the uh, the state of Mississippi through the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Um, so, Houston, you, you, there are two of you who do what you do, but when you add it to the private lands program and all the other constituencies you're working with, that, you know, when you add it all up, there's a lot of people. You know, you can say they're all a part of your team because you're coordinating with so many different people. But uh, it's, there's a mountain of sort of coordinating that needs to take place, isn't there? There is, yeah. Well, like I said, we work really closely with wildlife management area staff and then also uh, with other agencies. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has national wildlife refuges across the state, and so we stay in pretty close contact with those uh, entities as well with, uh, you know, helping them out as, you know, if, if we need them or they need us, we uh, have a really good relationship as far as, you know, overall management of the state of Mississippi. And then we also have a private lands program uh, with our agency. Um, they, uh, they kind of wake up every day just thinking about overall technical guidance for private landowners across the state. And, of course, that entails a lot of wetland management on private lands as well. You know, even with the difficult time we had last year because of the lack of uh, water, what was happening on public land was really a best practice, wasn't it? It was. You know, we are fortunate on a lot of our priority waterfowl areas uh, to be able to have pumping capabilities. And so we had that early water when a lot of areas that are rainfall dependent uh, maybe didn't have very much wetland habitat or maybe didn't have any at all. And so ducks responded, public duck hunters responded as well. And so uh, even though, you know, bird numbers were not uh, great to start off the season last year, you know, that important habitat that was provided earlier uh, was a benefit both for birds and for hunters. Yeah, when you say the, when you say the hunters responded, which is the same thing as saying that our public hunting, duck hunting opportunities are uh, very popular. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You know, people are always telling us just having a, having a place to go is becoming more and more important. So uh, we're definitely, um, you know, offer a, a range of opportunities, whether that's limited draw hunts or areas that are just open. You know, you can get out there and go when you can. Um, all of those are kind of kind of fill an important role. I think I told you this before, but my son Jordan was at uh, law school at Ole Miss. He'd get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, drive an hour, hour and a half, just so he could get in line. <laughs> and then it was a race from that point over, and in a couple of cases where they had actually some sheet ice out, a race you know, across the ice to, to get the favorite duck home. But he had some real good hunts in that scenario, man. Just you, you just have to you got to know how to public you got you got to know how to, pu- to hunt public land at the end of the day. That's that's the key, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, and we uh, you know encourage people to give us a call and you know learn more about public opportunities that are available out there. We we talk to people all the time who you know are in a lease. You know we're we're talking about the places that they've been hunting over the years and how things might have changed. And um, a lot of times they don't know about public land opportunities, and so we're always willing to, to talk with people and share that. That information. That's neat. Okay, so in the short time we have left, you know, you 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 get a kind of an eye for this. You you see the challenges of the last couple of years. You see what's happening up the flyway. What's your thoughts on this season? 
Well, we always start off optimistic. You know, uh, I always start with looking at what our habitat is like here. Um, of course, you know, uh, we see a year like last year where we didn't get abundant rainfall and that kind of uh, affected things. It definitely affected things that didn't have uh, properties that didn't have pumping capabilities. So um, we definitely are, are still going to be dependent on getting uh, some, some adequate rainfall to be able to provide good habitat. Um, weather is really going to write the story, you know, uh, not just here in Mississippi, but, you know, well north of here. Um, you know, it's uh, ducks are, we're going to get some number of ducks that are going to migrate no matter what, and then we're going to have some that are going to need a, a little push from the weather. Um, and so, you uh, there's a, a lot of unknowns still out there. Um, the good thing is that uh, the prairies where most of the ducks that come to Mississippi are produced uh, were wetter than the previous year. You know, we um, we have uh, still pretty strong breeding populations across the board for most of the duck species that come to Mississippi. And so uh, right now is really key for them, you know, in the prairies. They're, they're doing their thing, you know, and producing birds that are eventually going to be making their way down the flyway in the fall flight. And so we're, uh, we're looking for good things. But uh, as far as what we know right now, habitat is in really good shape because of those summer rains we talked about earlier. You know, I've read you know some from conflicting reports, but the reality is we could have a little bit a colder winter than than normal. Uh, that would be great. So rain at the right times, habitat, you know, good nice wet habitat. You know, we'll get some 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 ducks coming down as you pointed out. Regardless, but if we get a good blast of cold air early in the season, that will start to push. And, uh, you know, the technology has gotten so, so incredible that you guys can really study the migrations. You, you sort of know ahead of time whether it's going to be good or bad. So that's been, that's been fascinating to watch, but it's been a pleasure to catch up with you, my friend. I hope you guys continue to have success in all your work that you've got to do yet to get ready for the season. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. This has been Houston Havens, the Waterfowl Program Coordinator for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Have a great Labor Day, and again, stay safe. Stay safe, especially those of you out on the water. Have a great day. Out on his limb, whistling that sweet soul for him. I said three Mississippi to this land called home. I breathe Mississippi till I'm dead and gone. Just kill Talk Mississippi Media Production.